I want to share with you today about true prophecy. And I don't know what your experience is, but we're going to have prophetic meetings. We've been doing this since the first year of Gateway Church. So it might be new to you. And I don't have time to give a, a full um, doctrinal you know, explanation of prophecy or that God still speaks today. But uh, I'm, I'm sure 99% of you, maybe 100%, hopefully believe that and understand what true prophecy is. But I just have something on my heart to share with you about it. But I want to say Sunday night is going to be worship and the prophetic. And we're, we're not having any presbytery candidates on Sunday night at all the campuses. We're going to, those that have come in to minister with the prophetic gift are going to be calling people up, giving words in due season. So you don't want to miss Sunday night. If you could come Monday morning, Monday night, or Tuesday morning to whichever campus you attend, that would be great. Uh, there will be words in due season as well at every service. By the way, we get that words in due season from a scripture in Proverbs. Proverbs fifteen twenty three says, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So it's like you needed that word at that time, and God knew that and spoke it to your heart. And we get the word presbytery from 1 Timothy 4.14, where Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you. Notice he wasn't born with it. Was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Much like the picture that I showed you a moment ago of the elders praying over Ethan. We had prophetic words at that time and God spoke. I want you to think about this. God started, well, he spoke before then, but when you think about the Bible, let me say it that way, our understanding of, of hearing God speaking, God was speaking in Genesis 1 when the book opens, and he's still speaking in Revelation 22. You just, he just, you can't get him to stop talking. He just talks, and he talked all through the Bible. So maybe you've had some bad experiences with the prophetic, and I understand that, but that's because there are humans on this earth. But God still speaks. And I've heard about some prophecies too that, you know, went awry because a person, it's a human speaking, you know. I heard about a guy that stood up in a church and he said, Thus saith the Lord, as I was with my servant Noah when he parted the Red Sea, so will I be with thee. <laughs> in a moment, the same guy stood back up, said, Thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake. It wasn't Noah, it was Moses. Well, thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake, isn't good theology. Because the Lord doesn't make mistakes, but humans do. So I want to tell you some things about true prophecy, all right? So here, here's number one. True prophecy is accurate. It's accurate. When God literally, when he really does speak through a person, and all we've got it all through the Bible, God's speaking through people and to people, it's accurate. And I woke up this past week as I was praying about this weekend with this story on my heart. And I've never shared a story from the Bible. I've never shared on this passage before. I've never heard anyone else share on this passage. And I'm sure hundreds, maybe thousands have before me. I've just, it's just, it's one of the most amazing prophecies in the Bible spoken through a person to a person. And the accuracy of it is what I want you to see. All right. This is when Samuel who had learned to hear the voice of God at an early age, prophesied over Saul the first time he'd ever met him, all right? So Saul had gone looking for some donkeys that his father had lost, and they said, well, let's go see if the prophet knows anything, all right? 
And God told him, you know, it's okay about the donkeys. But just listen, just watch the Bible, how accurate this is. And think about how God knows every detail about your life, all right? 1 Samuel 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Now, I'm going to stop just for a moment. He was anointing him as king. Now, he did it again publicly, but he did it privately, and he gave him this prophetic word to let him know God was speaking to him, all right? But this is a pretty big deal to Saul, and you're going to see that in a little while. And then verse 2. Now, watch how accurate this is. When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found, and now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabor. There, three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. Pretty accurate, isn't it? If someone told you this, and then it happened just like the person said. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is, and it will happen when you've come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a string instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. Now, can you imagine being Saul and watching all this happen? And they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, watch this, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. I just want you, I mean, what, what an accurate prophetic word. And the other thing about this is that when God speaks, and you'll agree with what God says, that God's word has the power to change your life. I mean, when God said, let there be light, when he wanted light, he just spoke. When, if, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but when God wants something, he just speaks. He just says what he wants. So if he wants something in your life and he speaks it, the power of God is there available, resident within you now to see that word come to pass. So your life can be completely changed by the word of God. Now, in the, in the notes, I put a, a New Testament scripture beside each point. But we've got a surprise at the end of the service because one of the prophets, I spoke with him a week or so ago on the phone, has a word, and I believe he needs to share it because it's going to minister to every person. Every person in every campus and every person watching. So we're, I'm going I'm to not read as many scriptures as I'm going to, but I put a New Testament scripture on each point just so you would know. And again, it wouldn't matter to me whether there was, it was all from the Old Testament or not, but the New Testament confirms everything that I'm saying, right? But um, God's word is so accurate, and it's probably the most accurate I've ever seen it in prophetic meetings like this, where there's two or three gathered, two or three prophets, because there's team ministry. There's a unity of the Holy Spirit. And so I was uh, doing a presbytery one time, and this lady came up, and she was probably in her 50s, maybe early 60s. And um, these other two guys were prophesying, and I kept hearing one phrase. And I kept hearing it so strongly that I knew it was God. 
And I knew God wanted me to, to it was a, a direct word from God for her. And that's all I got was this one phrase. And I got to where my heart was even beating because it was such a strong, strong word from God. Pastor Clark Whitten was the pastor of the church. and He's been here before. And so when it was my turn to speak, I went up to her and I said, I'd like for you just to look me in the eyes. And I want you to hear this as from God himself, even though it's coming through human. But I said, this is a word for you that's directly from God that you've been asking God to say. Well, when, when I said that, she started crying. And she looked down for a moment, I waited for her, and then she looked back up, and I said to her, what happened to your husband wasn't your fault. And she started crying, people started hugging her, the whole church started going crazy. She had been married to an unbeliever who was an alcoholic, who had abused her physically for many, many years. He got a gun one night, said he was going to kill her. She was trying to take it away from him. It had happened before she had gotten the gun. And the gun went off and killed him. What happened to your husband wasn't your fault. That shouldn't surprise us that God wants to speak to his kids like that. Because it's all through the Bible. You follow me? So number one, true prophecy is accurate. Here's number two. True prophecy is encouraging. It's encouraging. Again, I've got a couple of New Testament scriptures you can look at later in the notes. But go back to the story of Samuel. 1 Samuel 10, verse 15. And Samuel and Saul, I mean Samuel and Saul, and Saul's uncle said, Tell me, please, what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom, he did not tell him what Samuel had said. Now, isn't that something? He didn't tell about that. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Let me back up a little and show you another scripture about Saul. This first, first scripture in the Bible about Saul, King Saul. 1 Samuel 9, verse 2. His son, they're talking about Kish is his father. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel. I assume he looked a little like me. <laughs> just a joke. See, it's not that funny either. It's just a joke, though, all right? Head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. That's what the Bible says about him. So he's a good-looking guy, and he's tall. He's probably built real well. But he didn't tell anyone about this other word. Now, Samuel then comes to town, and they cast lots because he said, we're going to choose a king, and God's going to show exactly who the king's going to be. Watch this. 1 Samuel 10, verse 20. So Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. Then he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord, and the family of the Matrites was chosen. And finally, Saul, son of Kish, was chosen from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. So they asked the Lord. Now this is kind of cool. (laughs) They asked the Lord. Where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. The Lord, you can't hide from God, okay? Let's Let's just establish that theologically right off the bat. He's hiding among the baggage. The old King James says the word stuff. So he gets this accurate word from God 
through a person. You're going to go here, you're going to meet two men. One's got this, one's got this. Then you're going to meet three, one's this, one's this. They're going to give you two loaves of bread. Then you're going to meet these musicians. There's a harp, there's a string. There's a, he gets this extremely, why? I can tell you why. Because he was insecure. Like many of us, I want you to think about this. Could God really use me? Could God use me to do something big for the kingdom? Could God use me like this? You know, I think about, uh, we, we just, on Memorial Day every year, you know, we had Dave Reaver here and he does a fantastic job. But on Memorial Day for about the past five years, we meet with four couples that we graduated from high school with <coughs> years ago. <clears throat> I'm sorry if that didn't come out how many years ago it was, but it just happens sometimes. You just have to call. So... But there in the group was the president of our class, the most popular and the most handsome, and two cheerleaders. And they, um, you know, I wasn't in that group. Debbie was in that group. Debbie was actually, some of you don't know, starting guard on a five-string, a 5A uh, high school. Uh, And she was popular. I was not popular. Uh, matter of fact, one of the cheerleaders, when we were talking one time, said, you know, I was scared of you in high school. <laughs> uh, and I said, you should have been. No, I, asked, no, I said, that's I, I surprising. But my point is, I can remember, think about this, and as we've shared, what I found out is they're just regular people. And yet in high school, I was so intimidated by the popular kids. But what I found since then, because I've met a lot of popular people, even movie stars, you know, very well-known people. They're just all people. And what I found is that every, every person I've met, every person I've met has one thing in common, insecurity. It's amazing. And here comes this prophetic word over Saul. Why? To encourage him. And I've told you this before. The word encourage means to put courage in to someone. That's what prophecy is. I was doing a prophetic presbytery one time, and the, this lady was very faithful in the church. Her husband was an alcoholic, did not know Christ, and he'd come to church sometimes with her, but he wouldn't come, and sometimes he'd be off on a drunk or something. And she had told him about the prophetic presbytery and that she was going to be prophesied over. She was a good, faithful member of the church, so she no reason for her not to get a prophetic word because her husband was not a member of the church or a believer. And so... Uh, that morning, he had been out drinking, but he remembered that he told her he would go. So he woke up, and it was in a morning service, and he came to service. And the pastor went before she came to kneel down before us to get prophesied over. And the pastor just felt this inclination, this leaning, and he went up to him, and he said, Hey, would you like to see if the prophets have a word for you? And uh, so he said, Sure. Kind of like that, you know. And so he came up, and kind of staggered and knelt down beside her. You know, you didn't have to be a prophet to know he'd been out drinking, you know. So, but I got this word. And so I just prophesied it. And the word was in and out, in and out. You're in for a while, you're out for a while. You're in for a while, you're out for a while. And I said, but the reason is because there's a curse of alcoholism on your family. And God comes today to break the curse of alcoholism over you. And the reason that you should get you run from God is because you've known since you were nine years old 
that God wanted you to be a pastor. And God comes today to break the curse of alcoholism off of you and to call you into the ministry. About three years later, I'm back at that same church. And they said, hey, I want you to meet this couple. I met this couple. They said, do you remember this guy? I said, no. They said, this is in and out. (laughs) And that had become kind of a joke around the church. That day, he got saved. He gave his life to Christ. Matter of fact, I even asked him. I said, do you want to give your life to Jesus today? He said, yes. He got saved that day. Then he went to Bible college. They said, we're now setting him out to pastor a Spanish-speaking church here in the city. And since that time, he's won his entire family to Christ. When God speaks, when God speaks, here's the third thing. True prophecy comes to pass. True prophecy comes to pass. 1 Samuel 10 verse 9, so it was when he turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. This is talking about Saul. And all those signs came to pass that day. All those signs came to pass that day. Now, um, you might be thinking about that Saul didn't end up that great. I understand that. But for many, many years, he was a great king. So don't take one failure because you wouldn't want someone to do that about your life and write off a guy for that, all right? One other scripture, Joshua 21, verse 45, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken in the house of Israel, all came to pass. When God speaks, it comes to pass. All right, so um, in a moment, Wayne Drain has a word that he called me about a few weeks ago, and I just believe that we prayed about it. I prayed about when, we, when he was to share the word. I felt like if he did it on Sunday night, it'd be at one campus and a lot of people would miss it. But if he did it on the weekend, more people would get to hear it. And so as I prayed about it, I felt like he was supposed to share with you. So, but let me tell you a little bit about, about Pastor Wayne Drain. He's been coming to our prophetic presbyteries since the first time. Some of you have seen him many times. He writes out prophecies on a, a yellow pad. And then he'll give you a yellow piece of paper. I still have several yellow pieces of paper. But the first time that I ever went, went to, his, to, to prophesy at his church, the very first time, um, they gathered around me to pray over me before the service. And about a week before this, I mean a month, about a month before I went, the Lord gave me a scripture and said, this is your life scripture. This is your scripture for life. This is your, when you say, If someone says, what's your life scripture? This is your life scripture. And so I told Debbie about it. So as they're gathered around praying for me, Wayne prophesies over me. And this is what he says. Have not I given you a scripture for life? A life scripture. And you only shared it with your wife. It's Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Now, there are 31,103 scriptures in the Bible, verses. That was his odds of getting that right scripture. One out of 31,103. Was it Wayne? It was God. And it was one of my first presbyteries. 
And it was God saying, listen, I can speak through you just like this. All you have to do is listen. So Wayne shared with me, God spoke to him. And I asked him to share the word, what God did. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a word for you. So if you guys will kind of go ahead and get set up. And then Wayne has written lots of worship songs. Many of his songs have even gone around the world. But God gave him a song. I'll let him explain it to you. Please welcome Wayne Dragon. How many of you have struggled with sleep besides me? Last year I was struggling with sleep, trying to sleep on three or five hours sleep at night. And one night I just got so frustrated. And I said, Lord, you said in the scripture that you promised your beloved sleep. I said, would you just help me sleep? He spoke real clearly into my spirit. He said, be quiet. So I did. I was quiet, just laying there in the bed. And then he began to sing this song over me. The song I'd never heard. It was like a lullaby that he was singing over me. And I went to sleep. Next thing I know, I've slept eight hours that night. Does the same thing over me the next night and the next night. And I remember all the words. I remember the melody. And and I get up and I write the song down. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? And he said, it's going to be a lullaby for adults. There's an epidemic of sleeplessness. And I want you to sing this over people. And I'm going to give my beloved sleep. So if that's you tonight and you've been struggling with sleep, as I sing this song, just forget that I'm singing it and let the Holy Spirit, on God's behalf, just begin to sing that song over you. And I believe you're going to see a night of sleep and a night of rest. This song is called While You're Sleeping.
promises his beloved sleep for all of you that are here tonight that have struggled with sleep I speak rest into you I speak peace into you and I ask you to receive the promise of sleep that he has for his beloved get a good night's sleep God bless you You'll be able to go back and, uh, to this message and just listen to that. Plus, we're going to post the song, and then Wayne has just signed a, a contract to record the song. But just think about I, the first, I, I listened to it. I remember he sent it to me to listen to, and I was just sitting there listening to it. It's like the Father. Go to sleep. I'm watching over you. Go to sleep. And I went to sleep. <clears throat> so listen to the song. I thought it works. Okay. I want you to know that God speaks. God speaks to his children. You want to know why? Because he loves us. He loves you. If you need to hear God, sometimes he'll speak through someone else. But I like the first thing he said to Wayne in that song. Before he ever gave him the song, he said, Lord, I need you to speak to me. And the Lord said to him, be quiet. Be still. Be still. If you need to hear from God, be still. Let God speak.